The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. And so today we're starting a brand new series. We're going to be talking about prosperity God's way. You know, every time you say the word prosperity in the church, you know, it's like a cuss word. You know, people, you know, here we go again, right? Yeah, here we go again. Prosperity God's way. I was saying in the first service, there's three ways to live life. Three, right? Uh, You can live your life uh, God's way. You can live your life. Your way, my way, I did it my way. And you can also live your life the world's way. So there are three ways to live life every single day. Uh, you, 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 know, you do your thing, you approach life, you approach it from three different perspectives. Either you're going to do it uh, God's way or you're going to do it your way. I really do not recommend you doing it your way. Scripture tells us to trust in the Lord always and lean not unto our own understanding. You know, leaning onto your own understanding is also known as doing it your way. And uh, he says we must uh, uh, trust him and, and not lean unto our own understanding. Uh, you know, and that was an instruction we see in Scripture. And here, the third one, I say to do it the world's way, uh, which is also dangerous because Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. And Romans 12, 2 tells us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world or to the world's way of, of doing life. Amen. And so, you know, we're going to be talking about prosperity, particularly in the materials realm. We're going to be talking about prosperity, particularly in the money realm. You know, to 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 uh, uh, make it simple, uh, we're going to simplify it and talk about what God's view concerning money is. And sometimes, you know, people get uncomfortable with this because they say, why should the church talk about money? Well, first of all, Jesus taught on money more than he taught on heaven and hell. And those are vital doctrines of the church. Uh, yet Jesus talked more about money than he did that because if you don't have a right relationship with money, it can affect all the other things. Can I get an amen? amen. And the other reason we, we talk about money is because, you know, money is the number one cause of problems. You know, if you look even in marriage, they say money is the number one reason people uh, divorce. Uh, Notice I didn't say having money or not having money, just money. The wrong relationship with money uh, can bring bring problems in our lives. Amen? Amen. And the third one is simply this. Let me just do this uh, uh, for you, this observation, is that, uh, you know, before we get into today's service, I'm going to ask if anyone uh, needs salvation. Is there anyone here who's not born again and saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? We're going to take care of that if you're here. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. Just turn around and see. Just turn around and see. Not a single one. It looks like everybody is, is saved, born again, going to heaven. Here's a second question. Is, is there anyone that needs healing? If you're here, you have something you know, off in your body, we can pray for that and take care of that. If that's you, just lift your hand. We're going to take care of that, actually, before we leave. Okay? Uh, I see one hand. Is that a hand? Is that a, no, 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 I don't see any hand. Uh, just turn around. Just turn around and look. Anybody for healing? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch what's about to happen. Is there anybody that could do with a little bit of cash, extra cash, just extra cash? Or just, just turn around. Turn around. <laughs> just turn around. <laughs> just, just turn around. 
Everybody could do with that a little bit, just not too much, just a little bit extra cash. And this is, and this is why we have to teach about money is because you need some, amen, amen. You know, you you can you can you can uh, uh, put a religious you know clothing on it, but the bottom line is all of us could do with a little bit of extra cash, amen. So what does God have to say about this this prosperity deal? Let's go to Genesis. Uh, chapter number 1, verse 26 to 28. We're going to get practical today. Is that all right? We're going to get practical um, and, 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 you know, get some things your way that I believe will be uh, a, a great blessing to you. It says, I'm reading in the message, if you will. It says, and God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they, human beings, can be responsible uh, for the fish in the sea, uh, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them, God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them, male and female. God blessed them. So right off the start, God uh, releases a blessing. And then watch this. He says God blessed them and he puts a semicolon there and he puts open inverted commas. And so in generally in the English language, when you put open inverted commas and close inverted commas, it is because you want to quote someone word for word, right? And so now we are getting ready to read uh, the first words God ever said to mankind. I don't know whether God uh, spoke this audibly or he, it was a small still voice on the inside of Adam, but this is the very first sentence God ever spoke to mankind. And the very first word in that sentence was, it says, God bless them, semicolon, open, inverted commas. What was the very first word God ever said to mankind? Prosper. Think about it. Dude could have said rapture. He could have said, hold on. He could have said, just hang in there. He could, he could have said, you know, from now on, you just have to figure it out. Yeah. The journey is going to be uh, uh, rough sometimes. And No, he didn't say that. What did he say? Prosper. Why? Because this is God's original plan for mankind. It is prosperity. If you're reading in the King James, it says be fruitful. It's the same thing. You will still land at the same airport. It's about prosperity. God wants you to prosper. He says prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. You can't do the other without the other. If you're going to really, really, by reproduce, really, he's not talking about just, he's not limiting that to just procreation. When he says reproduce, it is because everything that God wants you to do in the earth realm is going to start in seed form. And when he says reproduce, he's saying, I've given you these seeds. Now you take these seeds and make them international. God knew that what he had started in the garden would end as a uh, high-tech city in the book of Revelations, and he had given the ability and the ingenuity to Adam to bring it from a garden to a high-tech city. And so when he says reproduce, he's saying grow this thing. And you won't be able to do that if you don't have a prosperity mindset. And then he says, fill the earth. You can't fill the earth with your ideas. I don't care how great they are if you don't have the God kind of prosperity if you don't have money. Amen. 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 Take charge. A lot of Christians are really trying to take charge, but we can't. 
You know why? Because we are hamstrung, because we don't have cash. There was a guy, you know, when they were starting to run away on social media, they were, they, they were starting to run away with it on social media and doing fact checks and just, you know, uh, uh, censoring everybody and the Christians were getting annoyed by it. But the reason we couldn't take charge was because there was only, it's only one reason we couldn't take charge. Money. And then there was a guy who decided, you know what, I'm going to take charge, so I will buy you. And you know why he could do that? You know why he could take charge? Because he had 44 billion U.S. dollars somewhere, so you could take charge. You know, you and I couldn't take charge. We could hope and wish, pray about it, may, perhaps, you know, just hope. <laughs> the man says, I'm going to buy you. Amen. Amen. Man, you really want to take charge, you better get on with this prosperity deal that God has for you. Amen. Can I get an Amen. amen. In fact, prosperity, he repeats it again in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I have a plan for you, and this plan is not to harm you, but this plan is to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. And so God wants to prosper us even in the materials realm. In, in 3 John 1, 2, what did he say? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So God wants us to also prosper in, this, in our finances. Amen. It is God's will for us to prosper in our finances. Uh, how many of you realize it doesn't glorify God when you have to ignore your phone all day because there are some people calling you because they want their money? That doesn't glorify God. Can I get an amen? amen? What glorifies God is to all men nothing except to love them. What that looks like is all my bills are paid up. You see, we don't look at it this way, but we've got to start looking at it this way. So God wants us to prosper. Can I get an amen? amen? And so let's go to Proverbs 13, verse 22. We're going to look at some big thoughts and then get into uh, today's teaching. Proverbs 13, verse 22. It's going to be fun. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Did you read that? He says a good man, who wants to be a good man? I want to be a good man. He says a good man leaves an inheritance to who? To his children's children. Now for a good man to be able to leave an inheritance to his children's children, it means the good man is not eating everything that comes in. So it starts there. Okay, this is good. I'm going to get into trouble. For you to live something, it means you have to start practicing living something daily or monthly. So a lot of Christians are just waiting for this to happen someday when they are 70 years old, you know, and then boom, something is going to fall from heaven and they will leave something for their children's children because the Bible said a good man will leave an inheritance uh, for his children's children. In the meantime, I'm going to spend everything that comes in and even what I don't have on a BMW... So it starts with the daily discipline that thinks of the next generation. Can I get an amen? 
He says, we're going to look at that practically, what that looks like. But if a good man is going to leave an inheritance for his children's children, he, he, he can't be a good man spending everything that comes in every month. Now, the second part of that verse says, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I remember the first time I heard this verse, man, I was excited. I was, I, I, man, it blessed me that there is a wealth of the sinner that is, that is heaped up. For the just, I remember way back in the early 2000s, where the uh, faith preacher got on television, man, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just, fired me up. But I only had one question. Where is it laid up? Because <laughs> I need to get my hands on it. Because I have some things to take care of. Anybody else thinks like that? I just didn't want it to be. I wanted to know, where is this wealth of the sinner that is laid up for the just? So I can get my hands on it, so I can, you know, use it, because I've got some things to take care of, and that's what we're going to uh, be answering today. And so how do you navigate this prosperity thing? How do you actually uh, uh, go about it to the point where you actually see the visible manifestation, or to the point where you can actually taste with your own uh, taste buds uh, and see that the Lord is good? Amen? Yeah. You don't want it to just be a theory. You don't want it to just be a, a, a concept from God's word. You want to be reality in your own life. And so how do you go about it? Three ways I'm going to share with you. And I got these three ways from uh, uh, Ashley Terrades. Uh, book. Uh, it could be thorns, buns, and oil jars, or, or God wants you rich. One of the two. Uh, you know, you shared this with us, uh, and uh, man, it was powerful. And I could only remember the two points, and I couldn't remember the third one. So I sent him a message during the week. Man, I need the third point. He sent it to me free of charge. Man, I'm connected. It's awesome when you're connected. <laughs> he gave it to me free of charge, right? I said, man, I'm going to preach your sermon. I, I told him, I said, I just don't have your accent, but I'm going to preach that bad boy. I'm going to preach it my way. He said, man, go for it, brother. But here's the thing, guys, is that uh, we, have a, we have a responsibility. After, after God said prosper in Genesis over there, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, the next thing he said was be responsible. Because with, uh, with prosperity and uh, uh, God's power comes uh, uh, you know, this, this responsibility, we have to be responsibility. With, with wealth, when wealth, you know, starts to come our way, we have to be responsible. And he says here, because Adam was in the garden, he was dealing with nature, he says be responsible for the fish in the sea. Now, some of you may never ever get to be responsible for the fish in the sea. We may never ever get to be responsible for the birds in the air. But the bottom line or the point he's trying to make is with this power comes responsibility. Amen. 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 I said amen. You know, uh, Pastor Henry and them uh, introduced me to this thing uh, and we watched it. Uh, what's that thing called that you guys introduced us to? Um, we were watching it. The, the way people spend money that day. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. Man, they were uh, showing us these episodes of people who were getting on there and they, they, they run into a fortune but they lack responsibility. With the God kind of uh, prosperity, it comes with a responsibility. And what is that responsibility? We read it. It is so that you and I can leave an inheritance to our, for our children's children. Amen? amen? amen. I said amen. And, 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 and uh, you know, when you die, God wants you to leave a will, not a bill. Okay. I'm going to get into trouble again. 
But I'm just saying, this is, this is God's will. That's what it looks like. Now, Proverbs 10, 22 says the blessing. Someone say the blessing. blessing. That's what's on you. It says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The blessing makes rich. What is the blessing? The blessing is God's enablement. It is his empowerment that he has put on you. It says that blessing, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, uh, uh, Ashley says this. Ashley Teredes, I'm going to quote him. He says, there are two types of Christians, those who are blessed and believe it, and those who are blessed and don't believe it. The blessing is on you, no question. The real question is, do you believe that the blessing is on you? Because if you do believe and receive that as a reality, it will change your life. So the blessing of the Lord, when it's really the blessing of God, it makes rich. But watch this now. It does not bring sorrow. It does not come with sorrow attached to it. You know, in, jo in uh, Joshua chapter number one there, he says this. He says if you meditate on God's word and uh, 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 do it day and night, he says you will make your way prosperous. And watch this. He says you will have good success. This is what he's talking about. When the blessing comes, it gives you good success. That does not have sorrow attached to it. Amen. Amen. What is, what is sorrow? What is riches with sorrow? Riches with sorrow is, you know, I have seven different cars, uh, uh, you know, one for luxury cars, one for every week, and they're all parked in my garage in my 25-bedroom uh, house, and, uh, you know, I, I, I have seven of them because I want to drive a different one every single day of the week. But with that, uh, I also, you know, am struggling with my health. I have uh, uh, ulcers in my stomach because I, you know, I'm constantly worried about losing that fortune. I'm also constantly worried about people around me because I don't know whether they are here for me or they are here for the money that I have. I do have millions, but my kids, all of them are on drugs. That's not what the blessing does. Amen? You know, I've got the millions, but my wife, and, my wife and I, we are not in good books. In fact, the missus is making out with a gardener. Is that graphic enough? <laughs> now, that's not good success. That's not the blessing. Amen? That's doing it your way or the world's way. When you do it God's way, it says the blessing, it will make you rich and it will not be with sorrow. And so the first thing we need to acknowledge on our lives, if we're going to prosper, is number one, that the blessing of the Lord is upon us. He, he says in Deuteronomy 28, I believe verse 6, he says he blesses the work of your hands. He has put his blessing on you uh, so that whatever you touch is blessed. Can I get an amen? And the second thing we need to uh, 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 realize is this. If we're going to, uh, it's, the, it's the trinity of prosperity, really. The second thing is, Proverbs 11, verse 24 to 25. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. It says, There is he that scatters, yet increaseth. And there is he that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat. He that watereth shall be watered himself. Let me read it in English. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. This is what it says. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy, what happens to it? It gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. The one who helps others is also helped themselves. And so, 
we said number one, the blessing of the Lord, that's what's going to cause you to prosper. Number two, if you're going to get that to be in operation and to grow and increase and multiply over your life, you have to adopt a generous mindset, an attitude of generosity. Amen. I said, amen. This is where it's at. It says the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. It increases when you're generous. Why? Because being generous uh, carries a certain mindset. You know, uh, 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 we say this, we often say this in this church, that the, the number one reason people don't give is because they believe they don't have. If you ask anybody, walk up to people that don't give, you say, man, why are you not a giver? They're going to say, you know what, I don't give because I don't have. And unfortunately, Scripture says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you don't have, you're actually not going to have. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, how do you switch that? You start to give from right where you are. Because giving is not about stuff. It's actually a mindset. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think it was the Tuesday video. My wife said, uh, uh, generous people are successful not and, and and they are successful successful people are usually generous people and they are successful because they are generous not the other way around a lot of people think they're generous because they are successful so what came first the the egg or the chicken what came first is the generosity and then it brought about a success, and now they are in the lifestyle of giving. Jesus really meant it in Acts 20, 35, that it is more blessed to give than to... It's an awesome thing when you are a giver. Amen? And the reason we teach this is not because we're trying to get something from you. The reason we teach this is because we're trying to get something to you. I love giving. We live to give. Amen? In fact, we were at Caris Bible College, uh, 2000 and last year was what, 2021, a graduation. And so they were doing Thanksgiving. I don't remember who it was, Thanksgiving and acknowledgments. And they came to my wife and I, and they said one word to describe you guys. You are givers. Blessed my heart so much. Because I want to be described as a giver. I want to be seen as a giver, not as a taker. There's a bad rap on those in ministry that they're just trying to take stuff. No, I'm not trying to take some from you. I'm trying to get something to you. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. It is, man, it's awesome. When God empowers you to be able to be a giver, it's just awesome. Amen. It's a spect I was sharing in the first service, you know, uh, uh, when I gave away um, my car, you should have seen the face of the person that I gave it to. But even more spectacular was when Pastor Henry gave away his car. He came. We were here at church. He came. There was a bunch of us here at church, and he just came and tossed the keys in the air. I mean, it was awesome. Just with the keys in there, and then boom, the person caught the keys. He said, what is this for? He said, uh, uh, this is for you to drive me to my house. He says, to drive you to your house, and then what's going to happen? He says, you can take the car. It's now yours. Like a bad boy. Man, it's awesome to be a giver. Hey, man, it's awesome. I'm telling you, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, receiving and how it blesses their heart. Man, wait until you start being a giver and you see people's faces and they send you messages about how they were believing God for that thing. It's just awesome. Jesus said it is more blessed. It was not, not just a con. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
Amen? So you adopt uh, this, this mindset of giving. The third one is the, the diligent soul. That's where I want to camp a little bit today. Diligent soul. Proverbs 13 verse 4, it says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and there's nothing. You know what this looks like? It looks like just someone who's lazy and goes on Instagram just desiring. I wish I had my phone. Just desire. Did you hear what it says? Verse 13, chapter 13 of, uh, verse 4 of chapter 13. It says, the soul of the sluggard. If you read in more current versions, it would say lazy person. It says, the soul of the sluggard desireth, but he has nothing. So you'll be scrolling, saying, yay, Mauritius. Hawaii. Yay, one day. This is, this is not me, it's the Bible. Listen, he says the soul of the sluggard desires, but he has nothing. Watch this now. But he says, but the soul of the diligence. Is that a better version? Should I read that? Is that a better version? Should I read that? Amplified? What does it say? Let me read this in Amplified. Verse 4. It says the soul appetite of a lazy person craves and gets nothing. For lethargy overcomes ambition. But the soul appetite of the diligent... Who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied. And so we talked about, number one, the blessing. Number two, we talked about the generous soul. Number three, we're talking about a diligent soul. Someone say diligent soul. In fact, Scripture says this about the diligent. It says this in Proverbs 22, verse 29. It says, see a man who is diligent in business. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mere men. Man, you understand before kings and influential people, one word, diligence. What does that look like? What does that, that word diligence mean? The word diligent means to be constant in effort to accomplish something. The problem with our generation is people give up way too quickly, way too much. Hallelujah. Man, people start an awesome business, a business idea that the Lord has given them. They run into the first obstacle. They are ready to quit. Diligent. Did you read that? It says the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. It shall be made to be prosperous. You know what diligence means? Diligence means keep punching and keep coming back for more. Amen. Without any intention to quit or give up. Diligent people have no quit in them. To be diligent means to be attentive, to be persistent in doing something. To be energetic, industrious, unrelenting, not giving up. Diligent people, they show up. And then when they show up, they're showing up to get the job done. Amen. There's no quit in them. That's what diligence means. It means, man, you put your hands to the plow. Even Jesus, he was looking when he was recruiting his team. It's interesting that he looked for diligent people. He looked for people who were already diligent in their respective industries. It's interesting that Jesus didn't look for people who had nothing to do. Just chilling out, you boys were doing nothing anyway. So <laughs> come follow me. Man, if you find those people who are doing nothing anyway and you say to them, come follow me, they'll say, I'll follow you on Instagram. I'll follow you on Twitter. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to follow you in real life, right? So Jesus went to some business people. He went to some doctors. He went to some fishermen, people who knew something about diligence. And he says, okay, you boys follow me. And they followed him. 
Can I get an amen? amen. And so we see here uh, through reading scripture that we've got to be uh, diligent in, in work. When we planted, you know, Faith Hill Church, uh, the first Sunday, uh, uh, 21 people showed up. And then the following Sunday, we grew to 13. And then the following Sunday after that, we grew to five. But here's the thing is that the diligent don't quit. The diligent will finish the course. Amen. Amen. Let me talk to some young people for, for a little bit. Man, if you're already halfway through the course that you, you picked for your university degree, and all of a sudden you just wake up because you saw some motivational video on Instagram, <laughs> and then now you want to just quit and start something else. No, finish that first and then start something else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Diligent people don't quit halfway. Amen. They finish the whole thing. They go all the way. I was saying in the first service, in tongues, I was saying, that Ramba uchi seva, pasipe mriyo nyama. Amen. And that's a, that's a metaphor from Zimbabwe. It says, keep eating. I, I want to put it in English. So usually what they do is they put vegetables on top. Lots of them. But there is meat, loads of meat underneath. Now, if you stop eating because you saw vegetables, you're going to miss out on the meat. So he says, keep eating. You keep coming back for more. Amen? I said amen. And this is the problem with church folk is that we are ready to quit. We are ready to quit on relationships. We're, this thing about Hollywood, irreconcilable. What do they say? Irreconcilable. What are you even talking about? <laughs> the truth of the matter is you should just say, I, I, I'm a quitter. Not phrase it around irreconcilable. No, you are a quitter. That's the real deal, is that you are a quitter. You don't know how to be diligent. But diligent people, it says here, diligent people will not serve around mere men. Diligent people will serve around kings. That's what happens when you're diligent. You begin to receive promotion to serve in higher places. Now, let's go back to Proverbs uh, 13, verse 22. I'm reading it in the Amplified Classic now. Proverbs, uh, the reason why I did that in, in Shona is because, you know, when I'm preaching, a lot of people don't know this, but English is not my first language. So when I'm preaching, I think it in Shona. And then I send it to, to a department for translation. And then it gets translated. It gets sent to another department for approval. And then it comes back. Then I preach it to you. It's amazing. It happens at lightning speeds. I, used to, I told my wife, I said, maybe this is why I'm always tired when I finish preaching. I'm exhausted. There's so much going on. Amen? And so some things must just be said in, in your mother tongue. Amen? Amplified classic. Listen to what it says, uh, Proverbs 13, 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children. Not just his children, right? He's talking about his grandchildren. You can't leave uh, a bunch of money for your grandchildren if your money is acting funny. Honey? Man, that rhymes. Did you hear what I said? If your money is acting funny. Who? Honey? You can't, you can't leave. That's a rap song. 
You can't leave. You can't. So you always are thinking about your children. Someone say children's children. So that's all. So you always, I entreat you, brothers and sisters, to not just think about you. Think about who? Your children's children. And so this is what happens. This is a problem in the church that we need to deal with is that all of us are on the starting line, right? The start line is over here. We're on the start line over here. And this is the journey that we're supposed to take. But what we do is, is we give our tithes, we give our offerings, but we stay on the start line praying for the big breakthrough to come to where we are. On the flip side, what God has done is he has scattered moments of big breakthrough on the journey of faithfulness. So there are a lot of big uh, supernatural accelerations, but you have to bump into them on the journey of what? Of faithfulness. This is why he says don't grow weary in what? In doing well, for you will bump into the BBs. You will reap. If you faint not. Now, if you're over here chilling on your couch and, and just praying for the big breakthrough to come, well, I got news for you. It ain't coming. I didn't say it's not there. It's just there on the journey of faithfulness. It's not going to come to where you are. You have to get on the journey of faithfulness. And really, how do you get on the journey of faithfulness? Let me read it one more time here. He says the, the wealth of the sinner uh, is, is laid up for the just. Now, here's what we need to realize is that the wealth of the sinner is not in church. Because the sinners don't come to church. The wealth of the sinner is in the marketplace. And so if we don't learn how to function in the marketplace, it's going to be laid up for us, but it will never find itself in our hands. So we have to go to the marketplace and learn how to transact. Hallelujah. That's what we need to do. So a lot of folk, when they are here, they are expecting God to bring them what is called devotional money. D now money and this is not a lot of money yet God wants us to be over here dealing with transactional money transactional money simply is taking the things that God has given you the talents the gifts the ability the creativity that God has given you put it in the marketplace and put a prize on it devotional money is praying and saying Lord send someone Man, you're going to pray a long time if you're waiting on people. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to have to make me really prosperous because I, I have expensive taste. Because <laughs> if devotional people start bringing me stuff that's below, I'm going to send it back. <laughs> you know, there are churches that say, you know, we've got to get uh, groceries for the pastors. They tried it here. I told them, I said, man, it's going to be from Woolies. They went, saw those grapes, 56 rand. They, they thought it was a bad idea. Never did it again. <laughs> and the reason is, the reason is, here over here on devotional money, you know, we're expecting someone to bring us, you know, a thousand rand, which is great, and it will happen, but I would rather be over here bringing a thousand rand to someone else. 
Because when I'm over here, I'm empowered to be a blessing to somebody else. And then I can bless other people. Amen? Whenever a story is shared of how this man of God came and uh, bought someone a car, I don't put myself in the person receiving a car. Because when you're just the receiver, let's face it, it takes away on a lot of things. It's going to take away on the, really, the car that you... Because you, I mean, receivers, we say what? Beggars have no... You just take the one that, that they bring they bring to you. Bluetooth, you can't even... You better be grateful. Amen. And so we've got to get in the game and start transacting. Is, it, is this making sense? When we start over here, and we take all the limits off of God. We get into the marketplace. It says in Deuteronomy 28.6, he blesses the work of our hands. If you go over there in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says he has given us power to create wealth. He has given you ability. I remember in 2015, we really wanted to go on vacation, my wife and I, and we didn't have the money. And so we decided, you know, we were going to use what God has given us. And so I said, honey, I have an idea. You have a beautiful voice for voiceovers. We're going to sign up for a voiceover gig, and uh, we're going to charge the money that we need for our vacation. And so we signed up, and listen, we signed up to get it transactionally. I could have said, ah, no, we're going to believe it in. <laughs> I'd still be here, not on vacation. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with believing it in, but I'm just saying... You know, God wants us over here. It says, when the children of Israel go to the land that flows with milk and honey, the promised land, do you know what it says of that? It says, then the manna ceased. Because now they were in the land where they could put seed in the ground, where they could cooperate, where they could transact. And the favor of God comes when you transact. So we put a name, uh, a voice, a sample on the website that they do voiceover things, and I'm the, I'm the mixing guy, I'm the, you know, the producer, right? You know, put that thing, and we said we want 500 US dollars, that's what we want. And then within a week, it's amazing how the favor of God works when you start getting involved in the marketplace. Within a week, Uber contacted us, they said we want that voice on our advert. It's there on YouTube, you can go look it up, it's there on YouTube. We went over there and we charged them 500 bucks, within two days we had packed our bags off to holiday. Why? Because we over here. Transactional money. Amen. By the way, you should buy this book. This is by Billy Epperhart. It's called uh, Money Mastery, right? You should, you should buy this. And it's awesome. It will be a blessing to you. You should get this. And then, let's wrap it up with this. We say diligence, right? Someone may say, well, I have a job. I'm just, you know, an employee. I have a job. How do I, you know, start practicing this diligence? When your 100 comes in, when your salary comes in, here's how you practice diligence. Remember, we said you don't eat everything. That's, that's, you don't eat everything. It's, it's the law, it's the number one law of being prosperous is not to spend everything that comes in. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. You don't spend everything. Because if you spend everything, you're going to stay in the same spot. And really, spending everything is not a, 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 you know effect of uh, uh, the, the, the limited resources that you have. Spending everything is just a habit. Because I've noticed people who spend everything, it doesn't matter what you do. You can, you know, increase their salary by 20,000 rand. They're going to find a bigger house to pay rent. They're going to find, you know, bigger things to spend on just so that they can spend everything. In fact, there was one young girl, she came uh, to Pastor C. Needing Prayer. She said, I have a problem. I said, what's the problem? She said, but I, every, when the money comes in, it must be spent within two days. 
at Zara. Yeah, she said at Zara. She said, man, she said, man, I gotta go to San. She said, I can't help it. I just find myself driving to Santon. And then I just walk in Zara and spend all of it. She says, that's, that's, we need to change the habit, right? The problem is not the money. The problem is the habits. When you change the habits and you become diligent, he says the diligent will prosper. Did you read that? He says the diligent will prosper. When you become diligent, you will prosper. So you've got to be diligent in this, in, in, in operating this way, right? We call it the, the, the 3X factor, but this is the baby step, steps, if you will, you know, of where you are. If 100 comes in, you always start with God, right? He says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase, and uh, your bands will be filled with plenty. So you give God 10 from the 100, so this is 100%. You give God is 10, right? And then the second thing you want to do is invest. So the second thing you want to do is invest a, a percentage of, of this money professionally. You must invest professionally. What I mean by that is you find someone who's qualified, uh, who's an investment you know, uh, guru, and then they, in, they help you to start navigating your way around these things. Okay? And you invest professionally 5%. But while you're investing professionally 5%, you also invest. Uh, uh, this is really entry level. You invest yourself 5%. And notice what I'm doing here is I'm just giving you the, the skeleton, the, the structure. I'm not giving you what to invest in. That's not my job. I'm not qualified to do that. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to invest in. Amen? Do you realize what I'm doing here? I'm not telling you, you know, come to my Instagram. I have, you know, Bitcoin or what. I'm not doing that. Do you realize that? In fact, don't fall for those things that you know, there's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. But there's the miracle of compound interest which will take effect over a long period of time. That's why it says as long as the earth remains seed, ta and harvest shall not cease. So you have to use time to your advantage. And if you had started doing this when you were 20, you'd be flying right now. Don't eat everything that comes in. And then when you've taken 10% to God, 5% you invest professionally, 5% you invest yourself, then you're left with what? 80, right? This is your living expenses. 80. So in other words, you get a car that fits 80. Living expenses. Not a car that fits everything. Because you want to show the Joneses at the car wash. <laughs> the kind of leather you have. The dubes. The what? Keeping up with the dubes. No. You, you, you do this. Now, as you start to get proficient in this, you know what happens? Next year, you can increase this to 10. 10. And then this means your living expenses have gone down to what? 70. See, here, this is where your offerings come from. This is where your vacation comes from. This is where your, you know, eating out comes from. Rent comes from here. All the different things come from here. But this is for your children's children. This is what's going to get you to actually start building wealth. Amen. Amen. amen? I said amen. And then, as you get better at it, this can become 
50. And then this becomes 20, this becomes 20, and this is 10. As you actually get better with it, you want to get to a point where this is 20%. You're living off of 20% of your money. And then you're saving what? 35, right? 35? 35? And then God always gets his, his thing because he's our sustainer. He's the one that keeps us in the game. So God, you know, we always give what belongs to God to God. Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. Man, you start to live this way. You start to do this. It doesn't matter what you're investing in. Ask the Holy Spirit. Some of you, he's going to ask you to invest in real estate. Some of you, he's going to ask you to invest in a stock, and he'll tell you which stock to invest in. Some of you, he's going to ask you to just put it in a savings account with a, with a higher interest. But you have to spend time with the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you what to invest in. And as you do that, here's what happens is that you begin to grow this portfolio. God puts his blessing on this portfolio. There's a verse for it. He says he blesses the storehouses. He blesses your storehouses. You've got to have a storehouse for the Lord to bless. If he's going to bless. You've got to have some money stacked up somewhere for your storehouses for the Lord to put his blessing on it. Do you know what the blessing of the storehouse looks like? God will miraculously touch your stock and it will go a hundredfold. You know the hundredfold blessing we talk about? It's not going to come here on the start line. Hundredfold. Hundredfold conference. Come to hundredfold conference. <laughs> it's, it's not coming here. It's already scattered on the journey Amen. of faithfulness. It's there. I'm not saying there's no hundredfold. I'm, it's there. But it's scattered on the journey of faithfulness. As you are faithful on the journey... Faithful to do what? Faithful to be disciplined with the resources that God gives you. Do you realize that everything belongs to God? You know, a lot of people think, you know, I'm just going to give God 10%, then I'll do whatever I want with the 90. No, you can't do that, because even the 90 belongs to God. You can't give God 10% and then use the 90 to buy a Scope, Scope magazine. You, you... <laughs> If you're from the 90s, you know what I'm talking about. No, that's still God's money. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So the 10 you give him, but the 90 must also be used and invested with diligence. What, how does diligence come into effect? You're going to do it over a long period of time. And you're doing it over a long period of time. There's going to be moments of big breakthrough. You know, I was talking to uh, uh, Ashley, you know, funny enough, and you're saying they finally handed, you know, the person for the property that they're buying the check, 500,000 cash. That was a moment of breakthrough, but it came along the journey of faithfulness. It didn't come while you're waiting on the start line. Amen? So what am I saying this morning? What I'm saying is we need to get in the game. And we need to be disciplined about these things, be disciplined about our finances, start getting in the marketplace, start opening opportunities for us to transact. And as we do that, man, I'm telling you, there's transactional money waiting for believers. In fact, it says it this way in Proverbs uh, uh, 13. Did I read Proverbs 13? In the Amplified, it ends uh, uh, by saying this way. The wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid. So the way it finds itself in our hands eventually is through transactional money. When we start creating products through the 
enablement of the Holy Spirit that people can buy when we start doing stuff that, you know, people can pay to big monies for stuff. You know, we do Grace in the Marketplace uh, seminars and businesses, and they, people pay us big monies. We travel all over the world and do these things, sell books. People pay us big money. That's all uh, uh, your, your intellectual property that God has given you to sell to the world. Amen? And as you go out into the world, man, take your gifts, your talents into the world, and money will find itself uh, in your coffers, into your hands. Amen? I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Someone shout, I'm a prosperous man. I'm a prosperous, I'm a prosperous woman, whatever it is. You know, you, you're prosperous. Amen? God has already prospered you. Uh, now it's time for us to get in the game. You need to get in the game. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this morning. We pray for every single one of these, your precious children. Lord, we just thank you right now that the Holy Spirit on the inside of them is quickening this message in their hearts, this message about their finances, this message about their future, this message about living an inheritance for their children's children. Lord, I just pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice that there is a revival in their finances. And it's a revival of disciplined application, disciplined application of your principles. Lord, I thank you that as we honor you with our first fruits, as we honor you with our tithes and offerings, Lord, I thank you that you're opening windows of heaven and pouring out blessings, opportunities. You're pour, pouring out divine connections. You're pouring out uh, new ideas. You're pouring out open doors of opportunity so that we can step in and Grab a hold of every single penny that is our name on it so that we can be a blessing to your dying world. Father, we just thank you and we give you all of the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.